Hello, 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 and happy new year, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast, where you not only get the insight to help you transition your career, but we'll have raw, unfiltered conversations about equity and access in corporate America. I'm your host, Tristan Layfield of Career Clarity Solutions, formerly Layfield Resume Consulting, and I just want to wish everybody listening a happy new year. We made it through another one, y'all. Um, you know, I, when I was going into thinking about recording this episode, I wanted to talk to you about some of the things that I talked to many of my clients about at the top of the year. And it's the three things that I really talk to them about focusing on when it comes to their new year. Uh, and the first point, I don't think it's going to be any surprise to anyone, and sort of the name of this podcast in my business, is clarity, right? When we're thinking about our careers, we really need to gain some clarity on where we want to go, what we want to do, what what we already have that can help us get there. Um, oftentimes, when I am working with people, they come to me in a spot where they don't know exactly what they want to do, but they're ready to do all these other actions, right? Like get their resume and LinkedIn and all that stuff together. Well, none of those things are actually going to bear fruit if you aren't clear on where you want to go, right? It's like putting in, um, it's like oh, it's like having a trip, right? And you go to the GPS, but you don't put in any destination and you expect to get there, right? You need to know what the destination is for you to get there. And you also need to know what tools, what skills, what abilities you have that you are already equipped with that can make you, um, you know, sort of ready for that position now or ready for that thing now, right? Um, we all have transferable skills or transferable tools that we've gained over our careers or even just in living that can help us get to those next steps. And oftentimes, part of that clarity conversation is really figuring out what you currently have that can help you get to where you're trying to go. The next thing that I like to talk to them about is alignment, because once you have that clarity, now it's time to really get aligned on a lot of the other things, right? You need to ask yourself, are your actions in alignment with where you want to go? Are you building habits that are in alignment with where you want to go or what you want to do or what you want to change, right? So we need to take time to really get all of our ducks in a row, get aligned in our actions and in the habits we're building and start reviewing the actions that we have built, the things that we just sort of do on autopilot in our day-to-day -day lives that we aren't aware of and ask ourselves, are these things helping us get to where we're trying to go? Now that can be in your career, that could be personal, whatever the case may be, but you need to build actions and habits that help you get to the space you're trying to get to. And then the last thing uh, is execute right? We have to change our actions and our habits over time. Um, I think many people think that you can just sort of wake up and change your habits, you know, new year, new me. I don't like that phrase because it sort of erases all the old you and all the old you still there, all the old habits, all the old everything. So you need to take some time to change your actions and habits. Give yourself some time and grace and space to be able to do that. And also in part of that execution is now, that you gained the clarity and you started to align your actions and your habits with where you're trying to go, now we can take the time to really tailor those resumes, tailor that LinkedIn, figure out our networking strategy to really help us get to that next step. So I wanted to take a moment to share those little pieces with you all 
because those are the top three things that I think about at the top of the year. But it is also the top three things that I I implore my clients to think about to really set them off on a great foot for the new year. And so with that, that's going to be the only piece of feedback, advice, guidance that I'm going to give on this solo episode here. Um, But I really wanted to get on here because I actually read an article while I was on break from the Wall Street Journal that quite frankly pissed me off. (laughs) And so I wanted to get on here and talk to you all about this today. And I hope that many of you all will tweet me or write in the comments or message me on LinkedIn about what your thoughts are with this article too. And the article is titled, uh, Your Coworkers Are Less Ambitious, Bosses Adjust to the New Order. In the first sort of little, you know, sometimes in those articles, they give you like a little preview into what it's about. In the little preview, it says, for a growing number of professionals, the days of unpaid overtime and working through weekends are in the past. And I highlighted that and was like, should this have ever been the norm? Like, why why are we acting like this is a bad thing? This should not have been something that we have normalized in what we're doing in our day-to-day lives anyway. But let's keep going in the article, right? The first thing that they pose is, where have all the go-getters gone? And so I asked myself, how are we defining go-getters for this article, all right? Because... It, even from the little preview, it sounds like go-getter is tied to unpaid overtime and working through the weekends. And if that's what a go-getter is, I don't know if I want to be that or if I want to encourage people to ever be that. But one thing I thought was really interesting, um, they spoke to somebody who's the president of uh, this company that makes digital ticket scanners or whatever the case may be. And the president said, the passion that we used to see in work is lower now, and you find it in fewer people, at least in the last two years. And now this company is based in Columbus, Ohio, and recently they moved 20 of their remote engineering and marketing roles to Canada and India, where they said it's easier to find talent that will go above and beyond. So what I heard from this president was that passion and above and beyond means that you need to do things that you don't get paid for here, right? That That's what I'm hearing, right? Um, and then the next thing that it said, too, is they... they They add, um, since the onset of the pandemic, several employees have asked for more pay when managers asked them to do more work. She says, it was not like that before COVID at all. (laughs) Now, imagine people wanting to get paid for the work that you are asking them to do. What a innovative concept, right? We are so mad that people now have determined that they have a bit more agency to ask you for money and have determined that their time is worthy of being paid for, especially if they're taking it away from the personal things that they want to be doing, whether that's building uh, skills that they want to build, whether that's spending time with family, whether that's just sitting on the fucking couch and playing video games, whatever it is, that's their time. And shouldn't they be compensated for it? And so why are we tying passion inside of work or going above and beyond work to, uh, you know, the, the people being go-getters, right? I, I just don't, 
I don't necessarily see it in that fashion. If you're going to ask people for their time, you should pay people for their time, simply put. Um, you know, the past three years, and it says this in the article, the past three years have reordered people's priorities and showed them what they were missing when they were spending so much time at the office. Um, and something later in the article really prompted me um, to think about that, right? And and what, what was said later in the article was a quote from um, someone who basically took a pay cut and took a different job in a whole different space because they wanted more time back. And they said, I don't want this to be what's written on my tombstone. And I certainly don't want stress to be what, what puts me in the grave. Right. I think over the last three years, many of us have been faced with the reality of our own mortality, right? The possibility that we could be taken out the game, right? The pandemic really brought that to light for a lot of people. Now, we all knew that at some point, you know, this ends for us. But when it was pushed in our face like this, this started to bring up questions for us. What do we really value? What do we want to prioritize in our lives? What do we want to be remembered for? What do we want to remember when we are sitting there in the hospital, maybe on our deathbed? And many of us have come to the conclusion that that is not work. We don't want to be remembered for that all the time. We don't want that to be our sole memory um, when we leave this plane, right? And so now that people have realized they don't want to spend all their time at work um, and that they should be paid if they are going to spend their time there, now that's a problem for many companies and organizations, right? Um, they even go in to talk a little bit about some of the um, jobs that are pretty common to have people working overtime, like, you know, being a lawyer or people who, uh, you know, work in banking sometimes, Um and one of the chief executives and managing partners of Nixon Peabody actually was quoted inside of this article. And he said, when I was an associate, if someone called me on vacation, I was just happy people were continuing to call me. And then he says, I don't know if that was the right mindset. Well, I'm here to tell you, um, Stephen Zubigo, that is a fucked up mindset. <laughs> when we are off, we deserve that time to be off. People don't realize how much that impacts your ability to show up and be able to do the work in your everyday life. If you do not take the time to unplug, unwind, relax, give yourself a bit of a reset, then you are not going to be able to show up as the employee that you want to show up as or as the partner that you want to show up as inside of your relationship or as the parent you want to show up as with your children, whatever it is. It's incredibly important that we start to take care of ourselves. So to for a society to sort of build this construct that people have to be available for their jobs at any point in time, that's incredibly messed up. And now that people are starting to realize it, it's becoming a large problem for these companies and organizations, right? Now, <laughs> they say inside of the article as well, what could prompt a widespread return of professional ambition? They say a severe economic downturn that sends unemployment soaring might make workers feel like they need to work harder to show their value. That is so fucked up. Yeah, let's scare people into overworking for us. Now, if that ain't capitalism, I don't know what 
is, right? So they're basically saying that they don't know how to turn the tides except to essentially, you know, get everybody in a position where they have no choice but to feel like their job is threatened. And maybe now we can overwork them and underpay them again. And that will work better for our economy, right? That just... hmm. You you make your own op- opinions on what that is. That just sounds not savory to me, right? Um, and one of the other things that they they talk about is there is a um, uh, I think she is the founder of this advertising and marketing firm in Portland, Maine, um, and they had actually switched from their employees getting three weeks of vacation to having unlimited PTO for their employees because they wanted to encourage more workers to take vacation days because they weren't previously. And they also wanted to discourage them from taking all their vacation in December at once because they didn't want to lose it at the end of the year. And so now, since they've made that shift to unlimited PTO, so many people want to take time off in the summer and around winter holidays that they're now considering shutting down the entire office for a week, twice a year. And that requires them to tell clients far in advance that there might be dark weeks where they can't reach people at the company. And they said this in a way that sort of seems like that's a problem inside of this article. But to me, this is something that just simply makes sense, right? We need to shift our practices. Why can't companies have blackout periods? If your employees are not wanting to work during that time, do you think forcing them to work during that time is going to increase productivity or make sure that they provide you with solid deliverables? No. They're trying to do the bare minimum to get out of there as quickly as they possibly can. So by actually instituting these dark weeks, as they called them, I think that you're actually doing both your client and your employees a favor from my perspective. I know when I worked at um, a large biotech company, one of the things that we knew is that if we were shipping anything from one of our international locations over in Europe, and I forgot the actual country that one of our warehouses was in, but it was in Europe, we knew that if it was coming out of there in June, or estimated to come out of there in June, that we weren't getting it. Because the whole country pretty much shuts down that entire month. That's just really what it is. And... Did that cause issues? Yeah, sometimes for us over here in the United States, because we have this go, go, go culture and we want to have access to everything immediately all the time. But over there, that's just the norm. That's what it was. And even the employees over there were like, hey, sorry, we're gone. Our, our, they're out of offices to run. And I didn't get an email back from them until they came back in July. It just simply was what it was. So I don't think that instituting two dark weeks inside of a whole calendar year is going to be the end or the demise of your business, right? And if it is, then so be it. But I really think that it shows that you're listening to your employees. And if your employees are taking all of their time off around that time, it's just a better business practice for you to go ahead and shut it down. That's just my opinion. Now, I do want to also talk about um, someone whose name is Damon Diamantras, who is the CEO of Houston-based TGS Insurance. Now, Mr. Diamantras uh, said something that was very, very interesting to me. And the quote is, uh, if you're okay, oh, let me let me back up. Let me tell you a little bit about where this comes from. In a recent job listing for uh, a property and casualty insurance agent, his company, TGS Insurance, laid out these expectations 
right? And the expectations were, if you're okay with just getting by or are a quiet quitter, this will be too fast paced for you. We're looking for people that want a new Mercedes. <laughs> listen, that to, listen to that again. If you're okay with just getting by or are a quiet quitter, this will be too fast paced for you. We're looking for people that want a new Mercedes. I have a question for you, Mr. Diamantis, and I'm going to see if I can find your social media because I'd love to tag you in this. Why is simply doing your job not enough? Because we've all debunked quiet quitting. Quiet quitting literally boils down to I'm doing my job, no more, no less, right? And being okay with getting by, what do you mean by that? You hire people to come and do a certain job. And then you tell them, if you don't go above and beyond at this job, the thing that we've already agreed that you're going to do, I agreed to it, you agreed to it, we've agreed that these are your actions. But if you don't go above and beyond that, then you don't deserve a new Mercedes or you don't deserve to work here, right? Why shouldn't employees be able to get the new Mercedes by simply doing what they agreed to do for your company or organization? Why do they have to go above and beyond for your company or organization? Another question I have for you, for Mr. Diamantes, is, what is your company doing to go above and beyond for its employees? You want them to go so far above and beyond for you, but what are you doing for them? That's really my question for you because that statement in and of itself says you want to be able to overwork people, tell them that they have to work more than what they previously agreed upon with you in order for them to even have some semblance of success at your company and organization. I really think you need to sit down and interrogate that since you call yourself a leader, personally. Um, now, moving on inside of the article, uh, they also talk about how in August, a survey of 1,234 HR employees um, one of the results was 45% of them said that their organization struggled more than usual to motivate employees to work beyond the required scope of their job in the past six months. Now, this study was done by the Society for Human Resource Management. Um, so 45% of them said that they struggled to motivate employees to work beyond the required scope of their job. Why are we trying to get employees to work beyond the required scope of their job? Why are you paying them beyond the required scope of their job? What I know is most of these companies that are complaining about this are companies who have uh, salaried employees, meaning that they don't get overtime pay. Right. And I understand why we have salary employees, but that doesn't mean that we can just take advantage of these people, that we can just force them to work as many hours as possible in order for them to be successful at our company or organization, or that we can't budget for more people to come work inside of the company instead of overloading these people with work. So they have to commit to 80 hour work weeks. No, that's not what we need to be doing. We should not be motivating people to go beyond their scope. We should be making sure that we set the scope of work and that everyone agrees on what the work is and pay people for the work that they agreed to come and do. Now, if people want to do above and beyond, I'm not telling anyone to not do above and beyond, but I just really want us to question why that has to be the norm for people. Why people cannot come and just simply do their jobs, what they agreed to. 
Why is that a problem? Personally, I feel like those people are the backbone of companies and organizations, the people who want to simply come and do their jobs. Um, ambitious people are great. We need ambitious people. We need people who want to be in leadership positions. We need all of these type of things. But we also need people who want to simply just come and do their jobs and do a good job at it. And that's it. And simply move on. Um, so I, I think that's really where I'm coming from with this article. My biggest issue is why does ambition simply have to be tied to me working above and beyond for a company or organization that won't pay me for my time? I think we really need to sit with that question. Why have we built this construct for people, right? Why did ambition become synonymous for overworking? Why can't my ambitions lie elsewhere, Right. I really just think these are all questions that we need to sit with. So, um, you know, this Wall Street Journal article was incredibly interesting to me. Um, you know, I'm going to try to make sure that I tag the authors, Lindsay Ellis and Ray A. Smith from Wall Street Journal, because I'd love to get some dialogue going with them. I'm also going to tag a couple of people whose uh, comments I reference inside uh, from inside of the article, because I want to get some dialogue going with them. But most importantly, for those of you who are listening uh, in this New Year's week or shortly thereafter, I want to get some dialogue with you. So make sure to tweet me. Make sure to comment on the Instagram post. Make sure to comment on the LinkedIn post. DM me. Let's have some conversation about this because I don't think that ambition, ambition is dead. I think the the overwhelming majority of people have just shifted where their ambition is focused or where it lies. Um, and it no longer lies with work in a capitalistic society that rubs up against everything that we know. So I want to have a little conversation about that. But for now, that's where I am going to leave this conversation. So you all can find me and start having these conversations at Layfield Resume, L-A-Y-F-I-E-L-D, R-E-S-U-M-E on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on LinkedIn at Tristan Layfield. Um, there's going to be links to all of my socials inside of the show notes, as well as a link to this article that I reference here in this episode. So make sure to check it out and let's have a little bit of dialogue about it. So until next time, appreciate you joining me. Talk to you soon. <laughs>